2: Collectors Club with Bryce and Michael. I know a ghost story or two. Let's do this.
0: Hello, and welcome back to Bigfoot Collectors Club. I'm watching as Bryce Johnson
1: hey what's up guys
0: uh i'm michael mcmillan i'm watching as bryce uh frantically tries to get his headphones to work and we're making poor riley our sound engineer oh no he's not happy with Bro, it oh
1: cool as a cute oh oh you're good are. oh there they are you Pubs look like you're uh, made, uh saying no a notch or two and i'm golden thanks
0: riley flip shout flip out to Ra- riley bray our sound engineer <laughs> um we're off to a fantastic beginning uh this is bigfoot collectors club the podcast where we tell stories from paranormal history and interview celebrity guests about their own personal paranormal encounters uh this is episode 11 part wow huh is that even right oh no it's episode 10 oh i lied it's episode no wait it is episode 11
3: no it's episode 10 it's important to know that you wrote stuff down before this yeah
0: i wrote it down and i'm looking at it and it's still wrong this is episode 10 and our uh our guest today is an actor and a comedian you may have seen him in his hilarious shorts on comedy central and funny or die uh this is uh part of our crazy ex-girlfriend series for january so you've You've seen him on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend as the uh, bottom of the totem pole, George in White Feather and Associates. Please welcome Danny well, so Hey. Hello,
3: everybody. Hi.
0: Hello. That was pretty smooth. It was a great. Was I mean,
3: a great, great lift off. It was a great lift off. I mean, I think literally that started, and there was immediately chaos to my right. Yeah, and uh, it's very. It's, but I also have always said I think the start of podcasts is always one of the weirdest things because you're all talking like having fun and then there's a moment everyone's like okay everyone shut up now we have to
1: talk you know (laughs) Marlon Brando is famous for like uh, when he would start a scene he would talk to the cameraman because he hated how everybody got really silent right before they yelled action so he would actually be like hey Joe how was your week just go into it how was your, your kids are good Joe maybe that's not how he sounds but they're good okay great Dorothy you really took that purse and then, so, but he was like, "What?" He Wait, loved, is
0: Dorothy someone on the crew, or is that a line in, that, the, in the movie? That's a line that I totally made up. That in.
1: I feel like he might have said. It's was honestly he... very smart. I mean, it's a really good idea. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's it's bringing into how you really talk, like right into the scene.
0: He, see, I, I, I'm actually. He's kind of like the opposite of Christian Bale. The famous Christian Bale story where he yelled at the crew guy mm-hmm. and as as terrible as
3: that was i kind of
0: get it right. that is that has
3: been a story that as i have acted more i've gone more and more on Bale's side of that yeah yelling. because
0: if you got yeah. an intense moment and there's just someone wandering around in the background it look i had someone walk on can't, can't be me well apparently people.
1: he was like a, a, a tweak or like a like a lighting perfectionist so he'd be like in the middle uh, of a scene yeah. and he'd be like like just adjusting a gel and you know just oh, yeah. like and you're like, get the fuck out of my eye Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah No, I can't imagine seeing Because I've had movement sometimes in the background Like behind someone And I every single time I'm like, man, I just looked
0: Yeah, oh, absolutely <laughs> right. And this is why I fumbled yeah. so hard at the beginning Was because I was so distracted by Riley crawling around on the floor He's shrugging <laughs> I, I feel like Riley is not allowed to say anything It's not true, <laughs> he, he just totally doesn't is. have a mic Oh, it's part of, oh
3: that's part of a podcast experience also, I believe yeah. There's always a sound guy who is off mic And seemingly helpless as everyone talks <laughs> About him, <laughs> you know
1: what? Though I love, we've we've gotten off to a couple rocky starts, and we always keep them because it's like it's the cracks that let the light in, you know. It's percent. Oh, like, hey, we're oh. not a, we're not a perfectionist over here. Well,
3: you're looking for a natural feel to your podcast experience, to me, right? You know, you totally. want our guys,
1: facts are loose, and we've we're said loose. we've
0: said it before. We'll say it
3: again. We're just in the clubhouse
1: That's right, right now. Just you're part of the, club. the clubhouse hanging, man. You know, yeah,
0: we're yeah. Just hanging out in the clubhouse. Uh So, Danny, speaking of letting the light in, uh-huh. have you ever had a? A, an experience that you cannot
3: explain? So I, I'm definitely on the side of, and we've talked about this on set. Just I'm, a little bit. Uh, we've talked about it a little bit because I'm a talker. Um, we've, we've, <laughs> we've talked. <laughs> we've well, talked, not as bad as some people. <laughs> yes, but I'm definitely like, I, I'm definitely on the not a believer side of things. I think most things can be explained. And in general, and this is where, Uh, I do have a joke online about this, so I've talked about this extensively in my act. The government can only keep X amount secret before they would (laughs) fall apart. I would agree with that. You cannot tell me there is anything too big out there without me being like, and they all kept quiet. Mm -hmm. The entire government kept quiet. It is a particularly cool. during this administration. If there was something crazy going on, we would know by now. Well, I love that.
0: I would say this because I agree with you, and that's
3: a very funny joke. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's the
3: best way to just The
0: true, the true ones so much. always are. <laughs> you know there's, there's some new
3: there's some punchlines in the real telling of it that you guys would just adore.
0: Um, but uh, one of the. Th- Points that was brought up to me, and I'm gonna blank right now on Dennis's last name, and that's a real bummer. But this guy, Quaid. It, let's say Dennis Quaid. So I got a tour right. around uh, Roswell, New Mexico, a couple years ago with Dennis Quaid. Not really Quaid, but we're gonna call him Quaid. Sure. Um, there are people listening right now who are pissed at me because I can't. He's like a Roswell expert. He lives there. He gives tours. He knows everybody. He's interviewed like Jesse Marcel Jr. He's like he's interviewed all the all the people. And one of the things he brought up about the Roswell cover-up was because it was post-World War II and America had just won – biggest war of all time there was a higher much higher respect for the government not only from the the government side but in the in the military side but by the civilian side too so if you were involved in something and the, and the government came to you or the army came to you or the air force and said keep it a secret this is national security people respected it so yeah. i think that there was perhaps a period in our nation's history around the time that these flying saucer things started to show up where people Really treated it. it was in the middle. You know, it's right after World War II, during the Cold War, pre-Vietnam, before people got cynical, and they believed, okay, if if Dad says we got to keep a lid on it, we'll keep a lid on it until we can figure out what kind of national security threat it was. I, I think that's
3: an old generational. No, we'll thought, talk. I would. But, yeah. I would say that's true up till. Because here's the thing: I
0: don't think it's that way anymore. People
3: give in to money. Oh, sure. So even at your most loyal to the government, the second you knew that if you went to TMZ and you had <laughs> anything real, that's $2 million. Easy. Yeah. That's a $2 million payday for you. You're telling me none of these people ever wanted $2 million? Well, but
0: what if people are
1: threatening their families? You know, I've always kind of... That
3: part could be true, but then we're in the threatening families world, which is intense. Well, but uh, that's a wor- the world but, uh, we probably live uh, in. I've always yeah, kind of subscribed
1: to the government. We can never trust the government to have all the answers and even if they did then we still couldn't trust them with it. So, you know what I mean? I think mm-hmm. I think you're absolutely right and you make a great point we depend too heavily on the the government to like, you know, handle all these uh, extreme cases, you know.
3: Well, we think so. I mean, we we don't yeah. know what they're doing, but I've always been very much like I I I don't know. I think they're probably dealing with stuff we don't know about. It's one of my favorite like fun thoughts I've I like to have is like what, you know, what don't – what we probably know 50% of what the government does, which means like what if some of our worst presidents killed it on the other 50% and we'll never know? Like what if W stopped an alien invasion? Right. Okay, so you're open to this stuff. I'll, I'll have goofs. I'm a fun
1: guy. I'm a fun guy. Listen, that
0: is all this podcast oh, yeah. is. It's a goof that likes to imagine. To be clear, what
3: could, what could what's possible? And just to finish off my joke, my joke in it, I go. This is going to be funny, by the way. This is going to be really funny. So everyone, get ready, prepare yourself. This is going to be good. Um, I, I say, I go, I go. I'm not here saying the government doesn't have stuff, and that they're not telling us. That'd be awesome. I fully believe they could be, but if they do have stuff, they can't tell us because we can't handle Justin Bieber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so no we can't be told about we can't aliens. handle
1: bieber there's no way just no. think
3: about on a logistical level the amount of arguments we will have to have as a country
0: well also
3: the admission
0: by the government itself that they cannot protect us from an alien invasion for sure
1: which yes you and then that up they and there. then immediately they become irrelevant i love this conversation because this is, it segues perfectly into the to the case that i'll be talking about today so can't and wait. I I can't wait yeah
3: oh yeah
0: so Danny uh, okay yes. so what about I mean we're just talking UFOs what about
3: ghosts what about Sasquatch ghosts well my sketch group is named Sasquatch awesome um, I love that
1: dude yeah
3: yeah buried the lead oh yeah yeah, yeah. my sketch group is named Sasquatch sketch comedy we just put out a sketch with comedy central we're really trying our hardest
0: um, that's awesome guys you got to go find Sasquatch uh, <laughs> you you did just put up a very hilarious. Uh, uh a press conference yeah. uh very Blog. funny where you play a police captain at a press conference sure and do. it's the funniest thing i've ever seen
3: Oh, thank you so much it's, <laughs> uh, it's what what do you have to google to find that um comedy central blogs will get you there okay cool right? um but, do it yeah we we you know we cornered the market um but we yeah so i bigfoot i, I bigfoot i'm for sure not a believer and i've looked extensively into i've that one i've gone down rabbit holes and I just refuse to believe that's the best photo we can get. That so you there. said
1: you're for sure not a believer in Bigfoot? Not a believer in Bigfoot. How'd you get to name your sketch group Sasquatch? We liked... The,
3: I, I like the name. and right. I think it's fun. <laughs> I love I love that title. And, and we right. and, and we liked it. But I just for sure don't think that's possible. So, ghosts I get into. Ghosts, ghosts I'll, 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 if I may, fuck with. Sure. And uh, I enjoy a good ghost story. I've never personally experienced
1: what anything. What if Bigfoot was a ghost?
3: Well... We almost call this
0: podcast
1: "Bigfoot as a ghost." We really did, really, yeah, yeah. just to mess with people, yeah. Because it's an interesting thought, well, because he might be an interdimensional being. Well, it breaks the paradigm of what you, uh, you know, normally categorize a cryptid as, you know, which oh. is just like a, a an undiscovered ape walking in the woods, yeah. right? Which may or may not be true.
0: The more I, more and more, I was actually having this conversation last night with uh, the lady in my life, and. Oh, we were talking like about that, yeah. uh actually I was prepping for the show for today and I was going back over um the Dover Demon episode we just did with Burl a couple weeks
1: back. Yeah, great. And episode. then
0: um and then going back to the encounter that I talked about in episode zero and the more I think about it and more I've researched the Do- I did the research on the Dover Demon, I think what I saw was something that slipped in and out of this reality. and I'm starting to really, Come over to your side a little bit more. Great, the water this stuff warm. is interdimensional because well, that's because you pee in the pool, dude. <laughs> it's gross. Uh, but um, yeah, I don't know. So it's funny how this podcast for me is starting to turn into more of a personal, a journey. Yeah, for lack of a me better well. term. Uh, and and you know, I even said I was saying last time I was like, of course I'm doing this podcast because I had something recently happen to me that I cannot explain, mm-hmm. and now.
3: Is there a way that I can hear this story? Either because I'm sure your listeners have heard this story already. In a nutshell. In a nutshell. Give me a nutshell. In a nutshell. Version nutshell of this. In the middle of the
0: night, my dogs woke up barking like hell at the window of my living room, and I came out into the living room. It was four o'clock in the morning, mm. and there was the silhouette of a being standing in the window with a long neck, skinny neck, elongated and, and neck, elongated neck, and a. Um, inverted teardrop-shaped head that looked literally like it—it it was something out of Close Encounters of the Third Kind. It was very. Um, it moved its head, and Slender Banny. It, yeah, it moved mm. its head. It looked like an alien, gray. Mm. Now it was through the silhouette of the curtains, right? And when it moved, it turned its head, and I could get a a better look at the profile and see how it it moved in a very human-like. Way, But it was for sure not a person standing in the window. The shadow, the silhouette was completely different. Uh, I turned on the light. I hollered, turned on the light, and it took off. And uh, had my dogs not seen it first, I would have uh, probably
3: not believed my own eyes. For sure. And can I just quickly say... Uh, and I know we are rehashing it, and I apologize no. to our listeners. No, some people are tuning in for the first time right sure. now. Sure, I'm sure. And uh, for those people, what does take off mean? Like ran away. Sorry. And like could you see a? Off. Could you see a movement run away, yeah. or do you just feel it go away? No, I
0: saw it run dash away from the window very, very quickly. Okay, like faster than a person, and lighter, like lighter on its feet than a person would go. Okay. And Now, you're a, once and you're a it, first it passed, story. once it passed out of the uh, frame of the window. I lost, you know. I lost it. I ran out to the driveway to see if I could find him, and I couldn't. Brave. And then my next door neighbor uh, walked he's so out. Brave. My next door neighbor brave. walked Good out. Shot.
3: Don't ever do that my, again. My
0: next door neighbor walked out, and I was like, "Dude, uh, uh, someone was just looking in my window." I didn't want to say alien. Uh, and my neighbor said, "That is so fucking crazy because I I got home from uh, set an hour ago, and I've been watching Netflix in the back bedroom, and I have." Been feeling like something's been watching me this whole time, and yeah, his okay. porch was wide open. His door, his front porch door was wide open. So, well, you know, but, we but, to but, I, but I didn't. Ha- I didn't have any strange lights in the sky. There was none of the accompanying mm. UFO type stuff that came along with it. Sure. So to honestly, my instinct was like, this was this of was like a little nature. this was like a little fairy creature. Like this was something that is extraterrestrial but may have not arrived here in a silver disc.
1: Yeah. See, you know, Danny, there's kind of like two theories here. There's basically one, the extraterrestrial theory, and that's that what we're being visited is by creatures from another planet who are more intelligent arriving in spacecraft visiting us. Yeah. There's another side to the theory that, and and I kind of moved, gravitate towards this, is that what what we are creating is some sort of, Conscious projection. I mean, because if you look at cases in the past, the UFO changes shapes, the aliens change size and dimension, all kind of with what's going on with culture and and uh, society and 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 you know, so so the tales they change and they move with with society, and they move with time, which would kind of like eliminate, like you know, if these like beings from outer space are they really arriving in like. Like metallic mm. saucer discs. Right. That seems like old technology, right? So some proponents, like you know, Jacques Vallée, and who was an original scientist on Project Blue Book, he he was at first an extraterrestrial guy. And then he's like, you know, maybe these things are coming from an interdimensional. Realm. And so that's he moved started to move towards that, saying that, like, are we projecting these things? Are they be are they just as real, but not coming from another galaxy, but coming from what's here on Earth? Us. Well, a couple questions. Sure. <laughs> as I, as my style. Um, <laughs> uh,
3: okay. So well, first off, I would say to me, the big changing thing comes a lot with what entertainment we're seeing mm-hmm. I think a lot of times we match what we're what we think aliens look like. when people t- say they see an alien I think they tend to go with it look like and then what they think aliens look right. like. right
1: whatever's in popular culture Absolutely. And- so
3: I think that changing to me when I hear the changing view of what an alien will look like mm-hmm. to me says this is what Their TV being said
0: Michael Perfect example Of what happened to me Yes exactly My first thought was That's what I have been told An alien looks like Right right. That that was my first thought It was so on, I've said it before It was so on the nose Obvious that uh-huh. Yeah It I didn't even scare me at first I literally Well that looks like An alien yeah. from A Steven Spielberg movie
1: Well I did the uh, Topanga Canyon UFO And the guy literally Described it as like You know in that movie you uh, Third Encounters It looked just like <laughs> Bless that you. Bless you A UFO <sighs> coming through The canyons You know so yeah, it's it's very strange. A lot of these things um, are just ahead of where we think technology should be. Right. The beings look kind of like what's in the popular <laughs> right. culture right now. And in the Middle Ages, and they, they were change. elves and
0: fairies. That's
3: and, right. And, and That's this right. is where I get into... And the brain being incredibly manipulative. You're right. And that's where I get very tricky on these things. But I go, what about my are... dog's brains? Well, and My now, dog saw the same thing. Let me get even... Me... I mean, we're going off dogs here, and I love dogs, and everyone doesn't do, but I do not know if they're a reliable witness here. Well, now, how about <laughs> military pilots? <laughs>
1: I just don't know. How about radar pings? How about three verifiable triangulated radar pings with eyewitness testimony and eyes on the prize? Would that do it for you? How about if UFOs landed on the White House lawn? Sure,
3: yeah, if they landed on the White House lawn. But I need a picture?
1: What if I told you they practically did? I'd say, tell me that tale. That's exactly (laughs) what I'm going to tell you today. So
0: before we move on to that, Danny, what I'm getting from you is you're like uh, someone who's on a diet, a strict diet, but loves to taste the
3: dessert a little bit. Just a little bite. (laughs) I think it is incredibly dangerous and this is for politics, for everything, to go, this is the way I think, so I don't listen to the other side. I love I that. always think, be be it on a very simple level, level of politics, be it to extraterrestrial stuff. The idea of just because I don't believe in this stuff means I'm not even going to listen. I'll listen to any story, and I'll try to understand it, and that's how I grow, and it makes my opinions more intelligent if I continue to be a denier. What about when it comes to extraterrestrial politics? Well then, I I say I will not hear
0: any
1: of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? You're the you're the perfect uh, you, you're the perfect subject of uh, of how we should be um, advancing towards how we feel about this uh, phenomena. You know, we need to be more open to it, and we need to get our science involved in it. You know, yeah,
3: yeah, and and just because I at the end and you know I probably Dan will still go.
1: Nah, I don't know about that. Yeah, that's but great. That,
3: but it doesn't hurt me in any way to hear those things. I don't understand why people are afraid to hear things. I I've gone down. Every rabbit hole on YouTube I can about things, usually at the end I go... Seems like a lot of people going, I saw it real fast. You know Seems what? like
1: that's a collective. Isn't effect. it like a particle, right? As soon as we like quantifiably observe it, it changes or it becomes solid. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And and when we're not observing yeah, the, the, it. Yeah, there's no it, such
0: thing as being an objective observer. That's The right. act of observation affects the
3: subject in and, and, and of the itself. Well, you just, yeah, and you just have to know, I mean, the mind is so manipulative.
1: It absolutely is. You know,
3: there's there's sleep paralysis with witches on top of people and all that stuff. And it's explainable. We talked about that. We did, yeah. Did you guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I find we're
1: trying to unify a theme here. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're trying to solve the whole puzzle. Well, it feels like I come in here too late because it feels like everything. <laughs> episode five, You're helping us. Episode five, Kevin Kirkpatrick. Look it up. We talk about the succubus. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, so that stuff, like that's a lot of the mental stuff. So that's my own. That's always my quantifiable. Just because a person says they saw something, they could. I don't think people are lying. Mm-hmm. It's as, as much as. Man, your mind can be manipulated. I have memories from childhood that straight up, my parents are like, that did not happen to you. And I'm like, all right. I thought it did, but probably. You just said you weren't a
0: liar, and yet you're making
3: up stories as a child. And that's the deaf part, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I used to, yeah, I've always had this, like, thought about this, like, one memory I have as a kid. Tell us. That I'm like, oh, no, it's so, this isn't, like, a fun, like, extraterrestrial thing. This is just, like, I went to summer camp. And I have this memory of one night, it was a big, one of the fun camp activities is you would go out with your counselor and they said there were these animals, these little like rodents that infect um, the area. And so what we do is we take these burlap sacks and we catch them, we throw them into this fire. Oh, good And so we spent the whole night running around with our counselors, catching these animals and throwing them into the fire. (gasps) And I have that memory in my head, and I go, "There's no way that's a real memory." Uh, yeah, I'm, for sure. But I have a distinct memory of I'm it. Stupefied. We
0: just like every episode, every guest who says they don't have a story, they, they bring something fucked up in here that well, we're gonna get to the bottom of. But it it's up. not
3: even like a. It's not. It's it's a. Did
1: obvious, you were obvious, you taking on a snipe did, hunt? Did somebody implant that memory?
3: So I think to me, my best guess is it was a. These are kids. Let's put them on this adventure. And so obviously we weren't actually catching animals because I never saw the animal. I would just see them and be like, we got one. Right. But then you go into what counselor approved this activity and also, for children. How
0: right? did you get on board just burning unseen animals
3: right. so They quickly. throw a little magic pie well, the fire. Just as a reminder about your boy, Danny, I grew yeah. up in Virginia and I was a little bit more open-minded to that sort of okay. stuff. And, then, and we were told they were dangerous. We were told these animals were dangerous. This is a
0: snipe hunt. This is an old-fashioned snipe hunt. Making a kid go hunt an imaginary animal to get him out of your
3: hair. Or a vision I did not know what the phrase (laughs) snipe hunt meant.
0: Um, Um, I thought you were going to tell us that your parents told you you never went to camp as a child. Oh, no, no, no. I definitely went to camp.
3: (laughs) I'm a Jew from Virginia. We go to camp. Um, But I for sure don't. That's like the kind of memory where I'm like, there's something in my brain that doesn't add up there. Totally. And nothing.
0: You never saw one thing. Never saw one thing or experienced one
3: thing that you went. What was that? A thousand times, but the but the thing is, when I go, what is that? I go probably you. I don't go, and and that's just the way I work. I go when I see like I'm sleeping and like a door opens, like I have like a memory in college of like my door opening, and then like a person being there and then closing. And I go, and at first you remember things like there's a fucking
1: ghost. Our doors open, and then you
3: you? go, and then you go. Or any one of my dumb roommates walking in the wrong room. Right, no, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know, and they're all like, no, I didn't get up, but it's like.
1: I think we all do that. I think you know we all I explain mean? the,
3: the I, I'm an stuff explainer. relatively, yeah. I'm an explainer. I'm a guy who goes, Maybe probably
0: that. Right. Hmm. I'm skeptical of your skepticism, <laughs> frankly. That's fair. Yeah, okay. Well, uh, thanks for that. And um, thank you. No, no, <laughs> and, no and Danny. Michael? No, and no.
3: Thank you. Michael, if I may, thank you.
0: No, thank you. Uh, <laughs> we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to have Bryce tell us the high strangeness story of the week. Sweet.
1: Hey, guys, Bryce Johnson here. Each week, we post exclusive photos with our guests and great visual aids on Instagram at Bigfoot Collectors Club and on Facebook and Twitter at Bigfoot underscore C Club. Check them out. You don't want to miss them. Thanks for listening.
0: And we're back. We're back, and it's time for high strangeness, Bryce. Yes, you've kind of set us up here. I did set you
1: up. I'm very excited about this. Yeah, story. Danny, you're from Virginia, right? I sure am. That's so cool because this is where it kind of all started. Oh, another and
0: year. I want to say too before you get started because I know what you researched mm-hmm. and I know what I research for next episode. Yep, and you know what. We kind of have a mini two-parter in this tale here. They're very complementary. There's a correlation. I got excited when I started doing my research, and I went, oh, my gosh. No, you know. There's some crossover gosh, here. Gosh,
1: doing this whole BCC um, podcast with you, i have actually doing all this new fun research. I've kind of, like, put together a few little, like, you know, dates and times that seem to, like, match anyway. Anyway, let's bust oh. right into it. So this is called The Washington Invasion. Oh, and it's exactly that because it basically is a in-force show of UFOs over the Capitol, over White House, triangulated by multiple radar operators and eyewitnesses on the ground. So basically in the summer of 52, an incident at Patrick Air Force Base, this is kind of where it all starts. Patrick Air Force Base is off the Atlantic coast of Florida and at the time it was the guided missile proving ground. So these are rockets that are, you know, lock on through radar, and we'll, we'll get we'll touch more on that later. But basically, they say there was a, a report came in that basically this is where it all started. You know, this was the beachhead of a full scale UFO invasion. One of the scientists working for an unknown agency, right? He warns this guy named Captain Rupelt. Uh, uh, question. I know it's a be- yes. Go <laughs> ahead.
3: How how is this guy a, a, a this guy's a source in this story? But yeah, we don't is. know what agency. He is. No,
1: we don't. So I I like I actually put in parentheses MIB. Have you ever heard of the Men in Black? You know,
3: I feel like there was a movie. About there might have been a movie, <laughs> but you know.
1: Anyway, so he's he's a scientist at, at Patrick Air Force Base. He's working on the radar lock okay. m- missile is this guidance all system.
3: Out of Blue Book, a
0: lot of this stuff. Well, yeah,
1: so, so anyway... Oh, what's Blue Book?
0: Project Blue Book. Project
1: Blue Book was um, a government-initiated program ran by um, scientists and astronomers to gather all the UFO reports and basically document them, you know? Okay. And Some that, people that,
0: think it was a false, like, program to kind well, of Well, it may have started off. that
1: way, but Jay, you know, Heineck... Disinformation. Right, but uh, they all ended up believers. Anyway, that kind of leads into my story. This guy, Captain Ruppelt, he was the uh, the head of the Project Blue Book division. Uh, he wrote a book on this subject. Um, but anyway, so it basically starts June 19, 1952, around 1140. Two separate radars at D.C. National, which is now Ronald Reagan Airport, they pick up eight targets south of Andrews Air Force Base. Eight targets, right, literally on their scope. Now, other planes in the area, commercial airline pilots, spotted the same targets. Um, now, a third tower at Andrews Air Force Base also picked up the targets... <laughs> they send out two starfire jets interceptor jets to go see what they what they could find the two jets get there they see the light and they say as soon as they get there the light basically just turns off right just like that a few hours later a radar operator sees another object on a scope as soon as the jets get back right they pop back up and it's they they place it right over andrews air force base and they're like they call andrews they're like are you guys seeing this and they're like yeah we got it on our radar and i've got visual i can see it it's a huge orange fiery sphere, right? That's what he says, direct visual contact, right? Um, So now we're talking like visual and technical confirmation from multiple sources. Now, no one bothers to tell the Air Force intelligence, by the way, right? So the next day, the newspapers, all of them, they run basically these headlines that report jets chasing UFOs over Washington, D.C. Now, they can, and that when they when the newspapers call the Air Force about it, they can honestly say we don't know. We don't know.
0: And this is the start of the biggest uh, recorded uh, U- U.S. UFO flap in American history. This whole summer of 1952. It's one of the biggest. Gets ones. crazy. I
1: mean, so before this, they were seeing UFOs all up along these military bases, and this isn't the first time UFOs and military bases have been correlated, right? So now, basically the shit hits the fan. The newspapers run this stuff, and people are like, what is going on, right? Uh, Even the president is like, can I get some answers here? Harry Truman, he was in his last term. A week later, they show up again. They show up again. On July 26th at 1030, a radar operator at DC he spots a loose formation of slow-moving lights spread out in a wide arc above Washington. He calls Andrews again. They confirm the targets and they ask the reporters in the tower to leave the room. They scramble two intercept jets. Now for the skeptics who and we'll get to that later, but you don't scramble jets when you're when you don't think there's something out there, right? They scramble two more jets. Once again, as soon as they arrive on the scene, the lights disappear. They go back to the base. The UFOs return. They ask a lone F-94 who's in the area to get a visual. He does. He gets a clear look, and he even requires a radar lock several times to lock on the target. As soon as he does, the object goes boop, just moves away. So, right, so he's saying it loafs long at about 100 miles an hour. He gets a lock, and then, boom, it darts off at what the radars also confirm to be 7,000 miles per hour. That's insane. So, um, basically, um, where am I here? Let me just churn my little report here. Another formation of targets appear at uh, D.C. National, Andrews, and Langley. They all get the locks, right? So this is three I went to Langley
3: High School, just for a fun fact.
1: Yeah, well, there you go. So that's (laughs) triangulated report. They scramble more jets. In a story of UFO (laughs) encounters,
0: the fun fact is where you went to high school. Just to be clear,
1: guys, that is my high school. I know it well. Well, you know, so they, they scramble more jets, more jets to get these things. Now, this time, the UFOs, they, they, they sense that they feel like they're coming. And so they basically do a whole night, like four hours of cat and mouse with the UFOs. The next day, they have to debrief the pilots. And they're all kind of depressed and anxious. And they're saying, you know, we couldn't outrun them. We couldn't put a lock on them. We couldn't shoot them. Like, what the fuck is going on? You know, the pilots were pretty rattled. Um, all the major papers, again, report that flying saucers had outrun our jets over the skies of national capital. Can you imagine a headline like that running today? No, they it, it wouldn't happen. Um, and I'll tell you why. It's probably because of what happened after this case, you know? Um, anyway, so Captain Ruppel, he gets bombarded by reporters. And under pressure, he basically, I mean, literally bombarded. This, this was chaos. All the, you know, he basically... Uh, he says, the explanation I'm working with until I can investigate further is that these were all weather-related phenomena. He said it. He dropped the bone right to the press, he, not by, on purpose, but because he didn't want to say what he thought it was, right? About a week later, the Air Force Intelligence Director, General John A. Sanford, he holds a press corps meeting. Now, basically, and Mike, you've said this before, fearing, fearing the American people would panic, he was basically unprepared to tell... Tell them that the skies had just been invaded by craft that were able to penetrate right to the center of our nation's government. Weather anomalies that confused radar and the pilots? I don't think so. Man. Yeah. So this is a show of force. This is like, hey, we're here. And I also want to put into context, this is at a heightened time. We were right on the cusp of a, of a, of a war yeah. with North Korea. And it's backed during by the Cold Ru- War. Backed by Russia and China. Sound familiar? And so it was a hot, hot time on a global scale of uh, of war. And these things show up right on the door. And this
0: is what, six years after the end of World War II, six or seven years after the end yeah, of World War right. II. Yeah, that's right. Five
1: years after Roswell. When and everyone then five was saying- years
0: after Roswell. And it's funny because this goes back to what Danny was saying earlier the flying saucer thing had been a really big cultural phenomenon after World War II because of stories of pilots seeing these things. That's right. That they called what well, that's what foo fighters were, weren't they? That's what they nicknamed foo fighters, yeah, right?
1: Yeah. there was a there was a book and a movie, a popular movie number 1 at the time of like The Return of the Saucers. So, yes, in popular culture it was very topic because people were seeing them all over. Yeah. They were reporting them up and down the coast. They were, this is just the incident over D.C. There's also collaborated reports with other interceptor jets out of Michigan, out of um, out of Virginia, that also scrambled interceptors to no avail.
0: All summer long, this whole summer of 52, right. people were seeing so,
1: stuff. Yeah, I'm basically what I want to get to is—
3: and, But, okay. Go ahead. But they never came down at any time. Because they just wanted to chill in the sky. Well, well I mean, you know,
1: I have a
0: story for next week about one that did come down.
1: Yeah, and you know what? Bill Burns, in his book "Aliens in America," me. he says yes. that after this was after that press conference, when when basically <clears> the <throat> Air Force said weather anomalies, the mm-hmm. newspaper reported it. It sounded sensible. The American people bought it, and it's been the same thing to this day. But let me tell you something, those UFOs, they didn't stop just because that's what the press corps said. No, they kept coming. And as a matter of fact, there were reports of jets being shot down, targets being acquired. They shot. And in fact, there was a guy who wrote a book, Frank Faschino Jr. in 2007. He said, he said, yeah, with our radar guided locked missiles, we were able to to take a couple of them down. So we took a couple UFOs then. Yeah, because remember, this is they were hanging out at Patrick Air Force while we were working on our guided missile system. So in that summer, once we got it going, they said, you know, that, the, the chases continued all throughout that year. They took down a few of our jets, we took down a few of theirs. And all this was never reported. No, it was reported. But Yeah, the newspapers reported it as pilot test crashes. But all this, the America bought whatever the newspapers fed them because the Air Force had lied to the American public. First time, big time. We don't know if they were told to do so or we don't know if they just couldn't handle telling the American public yeah so we're in the middle of a war and also there's they stopped
0: doing that at roswell they figured out after roswell when the first crash happened they reported it the 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 air force base the army base in roswell reported it to the local paper that they they had recovered a flying saucer yeah and then once uh the top people in in the army found out the generals actually this admiral i forget his last name he went you call the paper back you tell them not to run that story and it was too late so the next day they came up with the weather balloon cover well, story you
1: know and Danny you were talking about this these are real people whose jobs are on the line one of it's the national pi- security one of the pilots recants his story few of the radar operators recant their story i wonder why but they were later found and later they said they all said no you know what there was a major general he came in and he he took us all into a room where we collaborated on consensus that our radars were picking up solid metallic objects that we saw with our own eyes. So that was a consensus amongst the radar operators. These are guys working at military bases. Now, to put a cap on this, Hmm. after this happened, the CIA feared, you know, um, they were worried that an enemy nation could deliberately flood the U.S. with false UFO, UFO reports causing mass panic and allowing them to launch a sneak attack. So the CIA asked them to form what's called now known... As the Robertson panel, basically headed by a scientist guy named Robertson, where they, they get sense. in a room for a couple of days and they watch <laughs> all the videos, all the videos. And they're like, oh, uh, yeah, it's all weather, weather anomalous. And so they basically, you know, it would, they basically put the kibosh on any, you know, deliberate UFO reporting. And they were also told, and so now we're part of the problem, relegate it to media and entertainment. Yep. So here we are talking about it, like dishing it up for him,
3: dude. We're dropping truth bombs oh, here, truth bombs. And now, and so, hold that, that thought, yes, sir. Because
1: we're going to take a quick
3: break, <laughs> oh, and when I'm we come so back, sorry.
0: we're going to ask Danny, what, what the, the what the hell was, was that? that?
1: Yeah, oh, hell that's... today.
3: What,
0: what fuck the fuck tomorrow. was that?
1: I'm happy to answer it. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Bryce Johnson from Bigfoot Collectors Club. Listen, if you have a paranormal story, we want to hear it. Write to Bigfoot Collectors Club at gmail.com with your paranormal encounter, and we just might read it on a future episode.
2: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality
0: And we're back, BCC episode 10. Danny Jollis coming in with his opinion on this government UFO flap of 1952. Danny, what the hell was that?
3: Sure. Well, first off, and, and I just said this, I will say again, it was beautifully said to the point where I really did feel uncomfortable interrupting it.
1: Uh, <laughs> Great. Thank you. It
3: was very nice. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, but I. um, So. Again, there's no explanation versus non-explanation as much as there's just like okay, so there was a lot of opinion facts said there that we just said as facts. Mm-hmm. So we said those as a lot of those were just like they shot him down and then the aliens fell down, blah blah, blah. totally. And the, and the government said this isn't true, but this happened, blah blah. So now I it's I'm a lot to well, it. So I'm going to do my Danny, This uh, is the lore. For sure, but I'm now going to take my step back and go where what so the government said that didn't happen, but where are we getting our intel on this other than this blue book? Is there any place else where we're getting this
1: intel? For? No, that's a that's a that's a solid and great question. Thank you so much. Yes, listen. I fucking knew it when I asked. Captain this. Ruppel. <laughs> captain Rupel, who was a captain in the Air Force Army, he also headed the Project Blue Book Department. He wrote a book four years prior, gathered the witnesses, and put it on testimony in his book of basically that laid out timeline wise and corroborated with factual evidence what had happened so all leading up to that that press corps panel so once they documented that they all everybody knew now that that press corps panel held by general samford they all they all put it in context and they knew that that was a complete lie to the american public
0: and a lot of these sources come from newspaper articles that were printed in the day that are still That's available right. Um,
1: and commercial and, airline pilots also corroborated three separate UFO sightings from the towers. They 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 called their commercial airlines pilots who were out there, too, saying, do you have eyes on this? One pilot said, I see it. It's right next to me. There it goes. And there are guys, there
0: are writers who were like us, but more like better men than we are because we just have a podcast. <laughs> but they would go out and investigate these stories and find even ten, twelve years later, twenty years later, the retired um, army guys and the retired Air Force guys and go, Hey, I found your name in this article or this report. Can you talk about what happened then? So um, And these guys did. Yeah, and they do. A lot of them a lot of them will after they retire, and then some of them there's a lot of like deathbed confessions mm-hmm. in a lot of this stuff. Like people going, By oh, the way, I did, death, I did see deathbed confessions. But you know,
1: you're talking about Exactly what we're talking about. It's now relegated to just like, oh, that really happened? And you know what? This is factual stuff. This is stuff that really At happened. At least this incident this happened. This incident. And you know what? the explanation their ex- was. Well, let's yeah, delve there's definitely into definitely something
3: that happened
1: Their explanation there. was weather. Uh, uh, anomaly, anomaly and you know what the actual weather bureau actually uh, said you know what we refute that they came out and printed a public statement saying uh, we refute that report because what they were saying was weather inversion it was happening all summer long june yeah, yeah. july august weather inversion it's when the temperature's hotter up t- uh, up high and the radar bing's off and maybe picks up like a a boat sailing down the potomac and the, right. again and, this-, and this
3: is early radar
1: no, this Which is, is worth saying. This it's 19, is good radar. Post Pearl War yeah. post-World War I mean, II, so this is, I mean, it's... And these are military I don't know uh, if It's amazing, radar.
3: It, it <laughs> won us the war. Yeah, it won us the war. But for uh, sure, but it won us a war against other people with the same technology. It's true. Yeah. No, but uh yeah, I, I forget. That's why we can't beat the aliens.
0: Uh but, but again, but again, this is <laughs> all this all comes down to two, again, in this era, we we don't get it because we live in the time that we live now. hmm back then when the government said to the american people it was weather that gave the american people to go okay i believe it and they yeah. brush it off
1: but you know danny this supports your claim that the the government there wasn't some big conspiracy like being held like a cabal of like government guys going what do we do with this thing maybe there was but really it was just like pl- laid out it was like public what relations f- what the fuck do we do oh, 100% you know? and and again i stand by that point forever of
3: of if any of if any of this is true I don't just think they would do that. I agree with them. Mm -hmm. I I agree with support the decision. Yeah, that's the correct decision to make. Then we cannot handle that kind of stuff. So what if you were pressed and we're pressing
0: you? (laughs) I'm pressing you um, so so closely and tightly, Danny. Yeah, I don't mind it at all. Um, We want answers. Uh, That uh, it. What would you say happened based on just
3: hearing the story? What do you think happened? Well. You know, this is where you get into, we don't know. So on both sides, we don't know of, I would say that to the people who say it was a weather anomaly, I would go, are you sure? And then I would say to you, are you sure? Because what we have here is a lot of different opinions about what happened that night. And as much as we're going, well, th- this version of the story is correct because it was said you know, by this guy in this book. I also do think you are discrediting the other statements that were made, you know? You're basically saying everybody who made a statement against your side was lying, which is dangerous because they are saying the same thing about you. So to me it's a lot of people saying a lot of different things happened. The truth is I guess we'll never know fully and that's the frustration part yeah. is like man, I wish there was some sort of documentation of any sort, and the problem is like there just doesn't seem to be.
1: Well, you know, Danny, you bring up such a great point, and thank the, you so much. The, the point is, is the power of disinformation, mm-hmm. and so many of these wonderful cases, whether they're you know a cryptid walking through a sandbar in Bluff Creek, or whether you know it's a UFO like coming a cryptid? down, cryptid, uh, a bipedal like a Bigfoot, you know. Oh, got it. Um, okay. But once once you get a little bit of misinformation there, surrounded by some facts, and then some local lore it's It's lost to history, and you're right. absolutely right. we'll never get those definitive answers and uh it really becomes uh an incident lost in time, and all we can do is kind of look back and and purview the materials that are out there for
3: sure, and that's where I get very into like where are the the visuals yeah I, oh. because visuals are. Are not argue with. You yeah. can't argue with, with a visual. They do it all the time. and They and,
1: argue with visuals all the time. Like, exactly. Here's my point. Here's a case of UFOs literally flying over the White House, and and, and, and we're saying... Mm, there were photos of that, There were photos. The, now, in- the, the popular ones are, are not the photos. Right. You'll look up 52, White House one, and you'll see a popular like- photo. It's Recreation not the one BS. that was done by a BBC documentary that took the lights from the But they reported out. this in I, the newspaper
3: just on a side note I can't stand these documentaries that just take it upon themselves to like build up clearly fake stuff They did that <laughs> about that mermaid oh, shit Oh that mermaid <laughs> stuff oh, yeah, and was it really fucking dumb. confused yeah.
1: so many people you know what? it drove me nuts conspiracy Discovery put out some of the most amazing mind-boggling uh you know um documentaries and then they fucking put out that thing yeah. and then every just like we talked about everybody goes wait does that mean everything else is bullshit yeah. what what are, what am i dealing with now a I little bit of I- disinformation i get
0: the idea of of the entertaining aspect of like what if no, nah, but it, it was bullshit.
1: If, that guy was an actor. And let, for yeah. instance, Russian... Remember my uh, on the Dietlov Pass in, incident? Yep. Discovery Channel did something called the Russian Yeti, the killer lives. And you know what? That was excellently done. Mm-hmm. Those were real people. Those were real interviews. That was really done. Mm-hmm. And then they do something like the fucking mermaid show where they hire a guy, yeah. they fake footage, and you're going... You know now. Now where are we left? I think that's now fine if you left. present
3: it as fiction. Oh yeah, but right. they they at the very yeah. end had a tiny disclaimer. I was pissed yeah. too. Yeah, great. No, I saw that and I was like, because, that, that could you know, be that's so a cool that fantasy. Confu- movie, well, that confuses but, a lot of people.
1: Yeah, but you know what? Now, oh, yeah. now History Channel has taken that baton and they are the ones running some amazing programming, like the Curse of Oak Island. Have you ever heard of that?
0: Uh-uh. I need to watch
1: that. You told me about yeah, it. Yeah, okay. longest running treasure hunt in history.
0: Well, we're never going to oh. figure out what happened that night no. we'll never or the out night out what after. Happened, but, but yes. Next week, I have a story that is going to be that possibly uh uh theorizes what happened in one of those crafts that were shot down.
1: Yeah, did they down one? Did they did they um did they possibly hit one of those but not destroy it, but did it land somewhere? Yeah, we'll find out.
3: That would definitely be an exciting thing. I would, I would is there video of it? No, it was 1952. Come on, man! They didn't
0: have a video camera.
3: They, have um, they <laughs> did have a. It
0: was written about in the local paper. It was investigated, and there was more military involved. Uh, so we're gonna wrap up our high strangeness and our what the hell was that, and we'll be
1: right back with our our goodbye to Danny. Aww. Aww. Hey guys, don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Bigfoot Collectors Club and on Twitter at Bigfoot underscore C Club.
0: And we're back, Bigfoot Collectors Club. Yeah. Uh, I keep repeating it. You know you're listening it's to the okay. show. I
1: just got told to save it for the podcast. Yeah, you guys
0: are talking about alien autopsies. Yeah, that's I what know. I'm talking
3: about with the podcast thing, where it's like we're having a conversation and it's just like quiet. We have to have a conversation again. <laughs> like, oh, I was really curious about that. We're well, going to revisit it in a second. Yeah, yeah.
0: Danny, uh, this is the collectors portion of the show. That's right. Oh. Did you ever collect anything, or do you collect anything?
3: As a kid, I was big into Magic the Gathering and Warhammer Ooh. 3000. Whoa. Uh, is Warhammer a card game? Warhammer is a figurine game actually. Oh, uh, it's yeah, a, yeah, yeah, it's a uh, like one of those games. I would say it's tabletop. Yes, I would say it's a level below um D&D. Okay. But you have to make the figurines. A big part of it was arts and crafts, Painting Oh, that's cool, and all which that Which I liked, yeah. But I so yeah. did you
0: have a little uh, studio in the basement with one of those magnifying glasses that you could look through to put the little details on the glue. leather straps
3: of the boots of the orcs? They give you this big box and you put it all together and you paint them and I, you glue them and it's it was really fun. And I had a I had a little.
1: Did you have a favorite one you were really proud of? Or? I had an
3: orc army, I believe, and it was it was beautiful. Who
0: was the commander <laughs> in your orc army? I don't remember.
3: I don't remember exactly how the game – I remember that making the figurines was awesome, and then the game itself was a big letdown. The game wasn't that good. Right. Um, And I was very frustrated by that. So I collected those, um, lots of sports stuff, Did you
0: have a big setup tabletop with, like, trees
3: and rivers and, like, little landscapes? No, me and my friend – Castles? Me and my friend Christian and Matt – we would play And so he had a Downstairs area Where we could really Like build up our game That's cool But you can't really Play alone No So there was no real point To making your own Little thing You had to have it transportable To someone else To right. play the game I
0: mean I would want To do it just for To make dioramas And stuff yeah. I love doing setups With my action figures Right I'd game.
1: be a good MC Like a master of ceremonies Like uh, uh-huh. maybe I could Really get you into it Or something Yeah, yeah. And
0: you're, you're a big sports guy too. I am a big sports guy As I know this from well. You won't stop talking About sports I on set I a musical it. theater Comedy, Listen, he's always talking about
3: sports. Well, <laughs> Scott brings it out of me, and I just tend to—I uh, do love sports. So yeah, so I also collect a lot of sports things in my ever, uh, ever continuing thing of being a walking contradiction of yeah. myself, of being a Warhammer three thousand player and a sports guy. That's amazing. And that's and what makes
0: you so interesting. It makes me real well, confusing Michael, what, from what are afar. Are you, what um, so yeah, I Michael, brought in I something for show home. and tell today. Oh, I was out Christmas shopping yesterday. For my nephew, and uh-huh. I came across this, and um yeah, sorry, uh, I just gave away the fact we're in the time machine a little bit. It's January for you, the listener, but we pre-taped some of these, because we got the holidays coming up.
3: <laughs> I'm going back home. And Let's...
0: I found this, and I just, I didn't even skip a beat, I picked it up, and I carried it straight to the register and bought it. <laughs> it's a... Hoth theme from Star Wars. Oh my God! Wampa and Luke snow globe. Holy sh! By Think Geek, and this is like you see this, you have to
1: buy it. (laughs) Oh yeah. When oh, Mike, that's so cool. When Mike I'm a big said, Star Wars uh, nerd. When Mike said, we can't do a toy show because I would spend too much money, this is yeah. probably why. This yeah. is beautiful. That's so it's, cool.
0: It's, I'm like, I, I want to keep it up past Christmas. It is. It's a, not necessarily Christmas theme. It's it's, so it's this the Wampa a, Cave. a beautiful snow globe. We'll, we'll put a picture of this up. You'll see Danny holding it. It'll with, be on uh, Instagram. the yeah, Hotham in the monster. For yeah, that's with, so with cool. Wampa. And the Wampa is the Yeti of the Star Wars universe. Yeah, for Basically. sure. I think a lot of people in the Star
3: Wars universe don't believe it's real. Right. <laughs> They're like sure intergalactic battles, but I'm sorry, this guy just hangs
0: you yeah. upside down. You know,
3: you know, feet. Han Solo was like, "I didn't see him, kid. Right. I just found you in the snow."
0: No, yeah.
1: I, I cut off an arm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's back there. Sure and they, go,
3: they go back there and say, so you Was like, so nobody got a photo of it yeah. at no time. There's a photo.
1: Artu Artu did you get an image? People,
0: people. Artu was
1: back in the hangar. Right, I know.
0: Yeah. And the other, only other witness was the Tauntaun, and that he he, he ain't. Got talking. Talking. Yeah, there's a dead tauntaun on the snow globe, oh, too. No. <laughs> um,
3: great. So, before we wrap up, Danny, where can people find you? Oh, thank you so much. Um, well, first off, this was this was a wonderful this was one. Of my, we loved having this is one of my favorite uh, podcasts oh, I've thanks. done. Thanks. Oh, thanks. You're Danny welcome back me? anytime. Thank
0: you. No, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll we welcome back your brand of cynical skepticism yeah, yeah, yeah. anytime. No, no this totally. Is, this
3: was genuinely a very fun one. Um, because as I said beforehand, I do not like doing podcasts most of the time, <laughs> I can't stand
1: them. All right. So
3: this is like one of the few I've actually been like, God, ah, I enjoyed this. This oh, was like good. a good one. Good. Um, Tell all your friends. I will. I let them all know. I'll, I'll post it. Um, you can. So this is coming out in January. So um, mine is crazy ex girlfriend, I'm a small part of new season of love. I'm oh, cool. Uh, We'll be uh, doing stand-up. I just go to dannyjollis.com, J-O-L-L-E-S, and that'll have some of my touring dates, and I'll be around and about. And also Great. just uh, you know, say hello to me on Twitter and stuff. I don't know. Great. And Bryce, you have a show coming up,
1: don't you? Yes, it'll be on True TV, uh Bobcat Goldthwaits, Misfits and Monsters. So look oh. for that.
0: Great. And I'm on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend right now. Uh, and uh, I think that's about it. This was a great show, guys. Thank you so much. Stay tuned for next week. We're going to have not only our next part in the Crazy uh, Ex-Girlfriend Month, but we're also going to have a follow-up to Bryce's story today. Uh, Before we leave, I want to thank, as always, Riley Bray, our mystical sound engineer. He's given us the quiet (laughs) fist pump. And uh, Lotus Pool Records gave us our uh, music. It's from the song Come Alone by Sun Eaters. Make sure to go to lotuspool.com and check them out there. They have a lot of great stuff. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Bye. Did I say come alone? I did say come alone, yeah, right? Man. Cool. I always fuck things up, even when oh, I got a right the in front. Of house. You
3: always want to end up plug when a solid. Wait, was that <laughs> Wait, it? Wait, was that right?
1: <laughs> oh, no. What
0: happens, man.
1: Did we get that? I just want to talk about Wampus.
2: Subscribe to Big Mad True Crime anywhere you listen to podcasts and listen to new episodes every single Monday. On a summer night, Douglas Wagg Jr. lay motionless across a strip of railroad tracks before being struck by an oncoming train. I'm investigative journalist Delia D'Ambra, and my investigation into exactly how Doug died took me into the depths of a bizarre mystery. It was really hard to understand what was fact and what wasn't